0: And this is me in the future, recording an intro for this episode, which we've now split into two parts. And this is part two of Season's End, covering side two, beginning with Holloway Girl, uh, uh, an H lyric. Uh, One of the songs that he wrote without the help of John Helmer.
1: This song grew on me. Mm. Like at first, at first I didn't love it. But weirdly, and I think I remember even saying to you, I don't think I like it. And then I'd listen to it again and again, and each time I'd listen to it, I like it a little bit more. Mm. Yeah, I think it's another one where it's more about the music. It showcases the music and the other band members and their skills and talents. This is actually, what am I saying? So I started off thinking I didn't like it. There's two songs on the album that gave me earworms. One was Easter and this is the other one. I'd have it playing all through the night, which was the bit. Oh, one day freedom will unlock your door.
2: Be who you were yeah, before.
1: That bit would just play in my head all day and all night. So, uh, yeah, meaning it sounds, I sound, I mean, I'm guessing it's about a true story or something that happened. Someone who, uh, is falsely imprisoned for a crime they didn't commit or something like that. More or less. like the song, through the song, H is trying to give her hope that justice will prevail. Well, it's the
0: title refers to Holloway Women's Prison.
2: Oh.
1: And
0: it's H. I think he saw a documentary where he realised that a lot of the women that were locked up there should have been receiving psychiatric treatment, not not imprisonment.
2: Oh.
0: Uh, and as he said they were victims of an underfunded society which would lock up the desperate rather than tend to their troubled minds so that's that's oh, okay. what it's about I I don't know why but I don't like this and I say I don't know why I don't like it because it has all the hallmarks of that I like in Marillion. it's got the big kind of upbeat coursey bit mm-hmm. it's got I love, well, a love sort of guitar line in it yet somehow as a song I always found it a bit off-putting
1: there, you mean the sound of it or? Yeah, musically. Even the lyrics.
0: I found it off putting musically and lyrically. There's something about the whole thing that I found slightly cheesy and a bit on the nose. Its sentiment was a, was a little naive. And I don't mean that it isn't the right sentiment. It's, it's a great message. Uh, but one day freedom will unlock your door. I mean, as metaphors go or analogies go, it's, oh, I don't know. It's not very clever, is it? Mm. <laughs> uh, it's fine, but I would have replaced this with either Bell in the Sea or the release, personally. Yeah. I just... I don't know. I, it makes my teeth itch. Does it? And I, like you... I I listened to it again a couple of times this morning. Mm. And again, I thought, is it growing on me? It's kind of growing on me a bit. I don't mind it. But then I just wonder whether... I don't know it's I've just got used to it over the last couple of weeks
1: maybe but the thing is is, yeah I'd listened to it two or three times alone and decided I didn't like it mentioned it to you then you put it on when you put it on all of a sudden hearing it maybe it was because I wasn't listening to it through headphones yeah you put it on and I was like actually I kind of like it now I don't love it. It's not my favourite song, but I, I I wouldn't replace it on the album. I probably wouldn't. If it came on a playlist on Shuffle, would I press skip? I don't know. Maybe sometimes i Maybe I'd skip it like 90% of the time. It's only
0: short, at least. Then it's numbers. a short song. I just think it's not very good. I think ultimately it, it feels a bit by the numbers, but there's something... Feels like they just bashed it out. It feels like a song they've written in an afternoon, like a filler. And I don't. I'm sorry to the band for that because it probably took them two weeks to write the line or something. I don't know, probably. But it's just, it's just not very good. I just Aww. don't think it's a very good song. It's the, it's probably the lowest point on the album for me.
1: Really? What more than Uninvited Guest? If yeah. you had to take one song off the album, Uninvited Guest or Holloway Girl, which would Holloway you choose? Girl.
0: No. Yeah?
1: Yeah, I'm surprised. I didn't... I'd leave it on the album. No. I'd leave it on the album. I'd take off Uninvited Guest and put the release in in its place and leave it at that because I'm not a massive fan of Bell in the Sea. Mm,
0: You're a bell in the sea.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I was trying to work out why I don't like it because it... It's sort of got all the hallmarks of Meridian. And yet just, just nah. let's just move on.
1: Let's move on. Berlin. Berlin.
0: Yeah. Oh, dear.
1: I, I really wanted to like this and I don't dislike it. And it has grown on me in subsequent listens. I mean, I wrote here, it just might as well be an instrumental because it's really all about the music again. The music's good. Really? It's, that's what I think, yeah. That
0: surprises me. I think he's got, he has got be in a really strong vocal performance on this, H.
1: Well, maybe the sound of the vocal, the sound then. The sound of the vocal performance, the sound of the music. But it doesn't, I don't connect with it. It doesn't speak to me. I wouldn't seek it out to listen to it. I don't love it. I can't help it. I wish I, wish I did, but it felt like a slog.
0: That's Okay. I don't like Holloway Girl and you love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't hate it, but it's like if I was at a gig and I, would I want to stand up and listen to it? No, I'd go. At, I wouldn't mind listening to it from the toilets or being outside and hearing it playing like in the background while I'm chatting with someone or have it on in the background while I'm doing something else at home. But
0: cats just walked it in. Seriously. I have to tell you, listeners at home, we've the, had to stop this podcast about ten times because the cat keeps letting himself into the room, opening or, the door or
1: demanding that we let him in
0: <coughs> so you don't like berlin
1: I don't love Berlin. I don't hate Berlin. I love the guitar on it okay it sounded very pink Floydy for someone who doesn't even know pink Floyd. I know two Pink Floyd songs <laughs> <laughs> and I could pick that out. Really? Yeah. But I love, I love that.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: yeah. Don't I'm indifferent to it. Oh, that's a really horrible thing to say about something.
0: Well, I said, I agreed that uninvited guest was mediocre. So that's pretty
1: damning. Okay. It's better than uninvited guest. Oh, really? Good. Okay. I
0: think it's the most trad Merillion song on the album. Well, it's, it's kind of a sister song to White Russian. And it's, it's interesting that it, the song was a request from Rothers to John Helmer to write a song about Berlin because he, he was inspired by Berlin where they recorded Misplaced Childhood. Um, and the, the music for him was trying to evoke the atmosphere of Berlin in the 80s when the wall was still standing. So John Helmer went away and wrote a lyric inspired by Berlin, East and West and The Wall. Oh. That's where it where the, where the origin came from. H tinkered with some of the lyrics, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, tried to personalise them a bit. But I think this is and certainly even the, the end section with the the Butcher the Baker, the Armistice Maker, all that.
1: Great lyrics. Oh uh,
0: New Munitions Maker, sorry, the Armistice Breaker. I I think that is the closest H comes on this album. Doesn't sound like Fish, but it's the closest H comes to singing something that I could almost imagine hearing Fish sing.
1: Yes, I could so imagine Fish writing those yeah. lyrics.
0: It's the one song on the album, not only writing, but singing. I could. It's the one song that I could imagine Fish singing.
1: Yeah.
0: It's the only time.
1: Hmm. Okay, that's... So I think it's That's it's a
0: it's almost a, a here you go to the, the existing fans.
1: And I'm like, no, thanks. Yeah.
0: Is this what you want? It? I'm like, no, I'll just, I'll keep your new yeah. stuff. I don't know. I think it's a great song. I don't, um, it's not one I seek out to listen to often, but I think it works in the context of the album. I think it's really atmospheric. I think lyrically it's really atmospheric. I think the guitar, keyboards, all of it, comes together in a really nice atmospheric way in places where the music just when it the music dies down mm. and then before it launches back into and we wake up without you mm. I love all that I think it,
2: it's yeah you know, I think when it's you great hear the crows music. in the background yeah. it,
0: it, it it evokes gray no man's land the shadow of the wall all of that mm. so I'm not trying to convince you I'm just telling you what I like about it
1: I guess as a piece of music I wouldn't mind it if it was on in the background and I didn't have to sort of sit and actually listen. If I just, if it was sort of on the periphery of my consciousness, (laughs) awareness, I don't know. You do know what I mean? Like on in the background. I wouldn't be, oh, turn that off. I wouldn't say that. Hmm. But I wouldn't want to stop everything to listen to it. Fair enough. Yeah.
0: This is the joy of Marillion. I think, you know, I've had a few people on Social media go, oh, you're wrong about Chelsea Monday or something like that. But it's all opinions at the end of the day. And Marillion, especially going forwards into the H era, is so diverse musically that there's something for everyone. And we're not all going to like the same things. Mm. And as this album is proving, you and I don't always like the same thing.
1: Yeah, how about that?
0: Mm. However, I think we can agree on the next song.
1: I think we do agree on the next song.
0: Although... Don't you come at me telling me it's not a track on this album because you bought it on vinyl or cassette after me? You look really confused. Oh, you're not
1: talking to me. You're talking to the listeners. Yes,
0: sometimes oh. I do that. I know I was looking at you.
1: That's why I was confused. Be nice to look I'm, at, dear. I'm, I was going to say <laughs> I'm not going to tell you it's not a track on the album.
0: I was telling them at home. I was oh. telling Fraser Marshall. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry, Fraser, that we keep mentioning you. On this podcast.
1: The third member of our podcast. Yeah,
0: Fraser Marshall. We should get him on. Fraser, come on the podcast. That'd yeah. be
1: cool. Yeah. I love this song. Um, yeah, we
0: talked about it last week. So don't look at me confused. I know it was, oh, it last was earlier week. today. <laughs>
1: oh, God, I know yeah. we
0: recorded it earlier today. We but... talked
1: about it last episode. I would have understood. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're giving away the magic. Yeah. True, true. The behind-the-scenes magic that they don't need to know about. So we talked about it a lot. Um mm. I find it quite a mysterious song mm. it's a it's an h lyric it's not um it's not a Helmer composition. this is pure h and I think it bears his
1: hallmarks again mm it's pure heart uh it's so tender and filled with so much emotion. I was listening to it. I don't know if it was the first time or the second time when the f- first few times and realized how much I was enjoying it. Cause I felt really connected to it emotionally. And I hadn't even looked at the lyrics. Yeah, Like I didn't really know what he was saying it that, in the that verses. That intangible
2: yeah, magic.
1: But I felt like emotionally affected by it. Mm. Yeah. I really love it. I love the tune. I love um, the bit where the keyboard Sounds like bells. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. how that, the music builds. It like a Christmas song. Yeah. yeah. It's lovely. I love the build. I'm trying to figure out what it might be about. And the only, this, you, you can laugh at this as well. This is another, one of my guesses, wild guesses. <laughs> said, um, I said, it's a lovely heartfelt song, a little bit sad. Made me feel like he was writing about his nan or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who ran a fun fair.
1: No, the fun. No, no. His nan did not run a fun fair. It's too tender for that.
0: Okay. I don't think it's about his nan.
1: <laughs> I know. I didn't actually. <laughs> I didn't actually. I would be surprised if it was about his nan, but it, that's, that's kind of like what it made me feel okay. like. Like well, he's honouring uh, his nan in a song.
0: That's really strange because I never got that from it. Something that H is very good at is he won't always explain his lyrics. He'll allude to kind of what they're about, but somehow, way more than fish, I end up projecting myself onto them way more than Aww. and certainly in the past have than I ever did with fish's lyrics. And I like that he holds something back and leaves them open to interpretation. Mm. This is in, he, here's how he describes it, right? Mm-hmm. He says it's a song about the deliberate and stubborn pursuit of innocence long after innocence is lost. Also, the pain and futility of a restless spirit. A love song.
1: Well, I got it wrong. No nan's mentioned. Love song about
0: my nan. For me, the key verse is there's a stray dog she feeds that she found in the street, and he loves her to hold him, but he won't let her keep him. And he claws at the door to be let out at night, and she makes do without him, and she worries about him. She named him after me. I think that's him looking inwards and going, I'm restless. I don't want to be tied down. You know, I want to go out and have fun and party. He's not fish, H, but certainly there's a story that evolves definitely over the next decade about his personal life mm. that, ev- that, that unfurls in the lyrics. And I think this so is he, him in, saying, So he he's wants,
1: like the stray dog that, doesn't that she named want...
0: after me, yeah, named oh. him after him because that's what he's like claws at the door to be let out at night. Oh. As he says, the futility. The the pain and futility of a restless spirit wanting to move on.
1: I can see connections with the levers in that. When I think there's a bit in the levers where he says he he's waiting for the phone to ring. Mm. Just oh, like it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, wanting to
0: get out on tour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's in his lyrics there are certain themes that he returns to, Mm. much as Fish did, but H has obviously done it over a longer period of time. Yeah, you see it in the, the track "This Town" in "Holidays at Eden." I'm trying to think of some others, but I can't off the top of my head. But yeah, it is a it is a theme of him. It's not so much always about the, exactly the same thing, but there is a element of, of him not or being let down by himself. I think the um. most the most archetypical is that the right word, but the most Hogarthy Hogarth lyric. I think, that he ever wrote was on the song Neverland, where he sings, I want to be someone who someone would want to be. And there's a bit more of it in the release, the B-side that wasn't on this album, that should have been, and probably should have been a single. Hashtag release the release.
1: Yeah, why wasn't it a single? Yeah,
0: the release, because it wasn't even an album track. But there's the line there where he sings, there's a man in my head, I think he came from the screen or the Bible, Mm -hmm. where... (sighs) He, he often sings about having not being able to live up to certain ideals that he set for himself.
1: Ah, oh, I see. So, so this, he ne- yes. Okay. this song
0: sort of catapults between I need to go, I need to go, let me out, let me out, let me out. And mm. then the next verse is, the so if you ever decide that you have to escape and travel the world and you can't find a place where well you can wind up believing that paradise is nothing more than a feeling that goes on in your mind. So if I ever find out what that is, there's something you could do. Because if I ever hold that golden dream again, I want to tell you, I'm going to name it after you. So that's him singing, but I love you. I'm oh, like this. Yeah. But I really love you.
1: My takeaway from it was at least he's in the right profession. <laughs> he loves what he does. Yeah. But I think it. You're not going to believe who's out the door. You are not going to believe. bags? <laughs> Who? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the cat, everyone.
1: He's meowing again. He's just on a circle of the block. Come back.
0: Right. Well, now we're going to hear his stupid bell. The bell end in the sea. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think that's a recurring theme for H. There's this ideal that he has. If you can hear jangling in the background, we haven't gone mad. We're not playing sleigh bells. We've let the cat in and he's pacing around. That's that's the belly as on his neck to stop him from killing birds.
1: Which doesn't work.
0: Which doesn't work. <sighs> He's too curious He wants to know What we're doing Doesn't he
1: Well he's sniffing The floor so He's not really Showing any interest In us No He wants to be Centre of attention So
0: after me Love it Love it Absolutely love Love it Love it Love the lyrics yeah, Love his vocals
1: Love the music Everything about it
0: So from the B-side of Hooks In You to Hooks In You. There we go. A song that, as we established, that H basically had to bully the band into playing and that Mark Kelly says they spent longer debating whether it should be on the album than they did writing it. Oh dear. (laughs) So they were obviously aware. Yeah. But I think the record company heard it and went, that's a hit, boys. So do you think this should have been on the album? Well, we've established that I had a slightly abrupt reaction to it when it came out as a single. But I fell in love with it again a few years ago when they played it at one of the Meridian weekends. And I realised that's just three minutes of fun. Mm -hmm. And as much as I don't like it when Meridian do traditional kind of balls-to-the-wall rock music, it's a good one. It's a good little pop rock song and he sings it well and his voice works on it it's yeah i think it should have been on the album i don't think it should have been a single but it it deserves its place on the album because i think it it works coming after after me
1: yes it does yeah it does and before the final actually. track yeah it deserves its yeah, place yeah it does yes
0: and it's 3 minutes it's hard it's hard not to it's, love it
1: yeah What's it going to take out of your life?
0: I read a quote from Rothers who described it as, prior to the album coming out, as a tongue in cheek heavy metal song. Did I say that last week? I can't remember. But he described it as a tongue in cheek heavy metal song.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: It's not heavy metal, it's of its time. It's cheesy. It's silly. It's nonsense. The lyrics are. God. You know, they're not Marillion lyrics, are they? But it's a good song. It's, it's good at what it does.
1: Exactly. And it does
0: work, I hate to say it, on the album.
1: I agree. I think it really works on the album. It it works where it's placed in the album. Uh-huh. It's good fun. It's just like...
0: And it's great fun live. And they don't take yes. it seriously when they play it live. You can see them enjoying it. Yeah. They know it's ridiculous. And Maybe that's what it was always meant to be. And maybe I just miss that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I can understand why maybe it wasn't the best choice as the first single to put out, um, but as if it was just a single, yeah. it would, it's a great yeah, single. yeah further down the road I just might have maybe, gone. maybe not the first single after Fish left. Yeah.
0: If it was tongue in cheek, as as Rother's claimed at the time, then it works. Yeah, and, but yeah, as a first single as a statement of intent, it was the wrong choice without a shadow of a doubt.
1: Yeah, but I love it and I enjoy it and it's fun. Upbeat, it's just great.
0: Yeah, and that's all I've got to say. Brilliant bit of eighties rock. Yeah. So before we get onto the space, we should tell you that we're actually recording this the day after the previous part of the episode because our cat decided to just go insane. It,
1: it developed really bad ADHD.
0: Yeah, it wanted to be part of the podcast and was just wandering in and out, opening doors.
1: Well, no, scratching at the door for us to get up and open it. So I was getting up literally every two minutes or every minute even to open the door for him, just for him to go around the house, come in the cat flap and go back to the other door.
0: This is what people tune in for, Cat Talk. Cat Talk 101. (laughs) So the space, Sanya, the final track on the album. Yes, What's your verdict on this one?
1: I'm actually really glad that we're recording this the next day because it's helped me realise something about the space. Oh. Um, lost my
0: train of thought. That was, that, that was uh, rather brilliant timing. Made me realise okay.
1: something. Yes. Pause um, for tomorrow. No, okay. <laughs> While I try and capture what I realised. No, I was trying to remember my train of thought, but it's this. After we started speaking about it yesterday, it got really, really severely stuck in my head. Well, you make make it sound like
0: it's like a bad medical complaint.
1: It is. It's like it was just repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating to the point where I had to go and listen to it. And then I... This morning, and then I I woke up this morning with the urge to listen to it again. When I went out for my walk, I'm not joking, I listened to it four times. What? Yeah, twice in a row, and then I listened to a couple of other songs, and then twice again. So the realisation I came to is it's my favourite song on the album. And I like it so much, I've added it to my personal playlist.
0: Wow, your personal playlist. Yeah. Not your impersonal playlist. (laughs) That's right. Wow. What do you like about it?
1: I just love it. It's so epic. I mean, I... I love the the beginning with the strings and, and then again how, I think it's around three minutes, they come in again. Mm. And I just think, I don't know, it's epic. It's so cinematic. I think it would sound phenomenal sung by a choir. Like there's one bit, I think it's where oh, all the strings oh, are. Oh, yeah, oh, that. Can you imagine oh, like oh. a whole huge choir well, singing they, that? They
0: played it on the last tour, the Friends from the Orchestra tour with the string quartet. With yeah. that the opening synth strings. Which I'm gonna admit I always found them a bit too synthy. Uh, but oh, did but you? with the orchestra or the 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 string quartet, I thought it sounded great. Phenomenal it really gave it so an the organic edge to it that I felt was always slightly lacking.
1: Yeah. And then so can you imagine with the choir as yeah, well, yeah. with that kind of boom of a hundred voices? Oh, it would just be
0: it's really different to taking. anything they've done, isn't it? Yeah, as well. it is. But it still sounds merillion-y.
1: Yes. Oh, it's it's kind of a classic merillion sound. I don't think it mm. I think it's unique to them, mm. this kind of sound. Um, but yeah, love it. Absolutely love it.
0: My only reservation with it is again, it comes back to those synth strings, is it just production wise sounds very eighties to me. Really? Uh, And I think they've done better songs since. I had a mate, same mate actually, who I first listened to the album with in Burger King. He loved it. He didn't like, he wasn't a Meridian fan at all. He was into like Sepultura and Anthrax and bands, you know, Brazilian thrash bands. But he really liked the space, which I always found bizarre. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I don't love it. I'll be honest.
1: Wow. How can you not love it?
0: I love. I particularly love the ending. I like yeah, how different it sounds. I know that's ending. a weird thing, but it sort of sounds different without, while still sort of remaining in their kind of wheelhouse of what they do. Yeah. But I think it's a great ending to the album.
1: Yes. Oh, it's what a song to include on on that first H album. Mm. I think that's a, it's a really strong start. It apparently wrecks his voice when he, they do it live. Does it? Yeah, he has to the, He he says
0: that it tends to be one of the ones that sort of strains his voice. Oh
1: um, interesting. that he has
0: to do a lot of up and down and
1: Yeah, okay. And ...parts, It's yeah. quite hard to sing. Oh I love his um his his hippie sentiments in the end as well with everybody in the whole of the Well world. what
0: do you think it's about
1: then? Uh, Oh Because um,
0: for me 'cause this okay, is a, so- this is an H uh, lyric, because it existed as a, uh, previously it existed as a How We Live demo, um, which Colin Wall from How We Live is now credited on it. He wasn't credited on it on initial pressings of the album. But um, mm. it's an H original, but I think it's a very H lyric. It's kind of ambiguous. I don't know totally what it's about. I have theories.
1: Okay. My theory was possibly... Okay, so there's my joke theory.
0: Oh, God. Is it about a nan owning a, <laughs> a funfair? <laughs> Someone's a nan owns a, a fanfare.
1: My joke... No. My joke theory is that it's about an astronaut or a mountain climber looking back at Earth. Mm-hmm. And my less... My more serious theory is, is it about someone at the heights of fame or worldly success and how that can make you a bit blind to the effect you're having on others? Or is it about narcissism, <laughs> like a narcissistic person that's not, that's a bit sort of just like living their life and not thinking about the effects that they have on others. But why I thought about fame is because it's it sounds quite lonely. You're up in the space mm. with um, a billion miles of darkness around you. Well, my theory is... There's a feeling of isolation in there.
0: My theory's close to that. The key line, and this is the only time I've ever seen H explain it, because there's a lot of Hogarth-era songs where he's responsible for the lyrics, where he, he remains ambiguous about what the songs are really about and what their inspiration is. Oh. Which I find interesting, because as I said earlier, or yesterday, prior to The Cat Going Insane, that... I relate more to a lot of his lyrics, and maybe that's yeah. because I don't know.
1: It's kind of like when you read a book, you sometimes feel more connected to mm. it than a film because you're creating the images in your head, each character you're painting with your imagination rather than it being given to you. You project so having, yourself it. You project them. yourself onto it. So maybe having an un- ambiguous meaning to such a... Like, it's still a very... Visually evocative song Like it does spark imagination It's descriptive
0: Yeah well the, the key line That I have heard him explain Is the um, Unable to miss Like the man in the tram Crashing your car in Amsterdam He did it without knowing Didn't feel a thing He just wrecked it and kept going Yeah Now that was uh, um, Something that you witnessed Literally in Amsterdam Which was a tram Smashed into the side of the car And the driver didn't even notice And it dragged this car along
2: oh, Behind wow. it
0: uh, and Hogarth says that sometimes he's felt like the tram, sometimes he's felt like the car. So, oh. ex- which I absolutely love, and that for me,
1: yeah, as much wow. as anything,
0: is 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 the core of why I love his lyrics because it's a really, really simple analogy or metaphor that well, we that can all relate. You to can it. relate to it. So, extrapolating from that, I kind of think it's a song about someone's actions hurting others.
1: Yeah. But they're unaware of it. Yeah. And I mean, the only reason I sort of said, is it about someone who's reached the well, heights of fame and worldly success is because it started off with on top of the world, like a flag on a mountain.
0: Well, I think but, it, I, I, I mean, think I, it, he is aware or at least becomes aware because it starts off on top of the world, like a flag on a mountain, feeling so high. You, you can feel so alone, unable to breathe at the height that you flew Staring on clouds with no view from below, but later it goes, everything about you so perfectly restrained. Oh, I love that line.
1: Yeah, I lined. Don't. Okay, <laughs> line. but everything
0: inside you bites you.
1: Yes, I love that. Mm. Like, oh my god, isn't that it's a great? Lyric. This is why. This is why when I say I wish he'd, he'd
0: written more on mm. the album,
1: because he's bloody
0: great when he's really pouring himself into songs. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to talk about holidays in Eden yet we will but this is why i think he's a really really underrated lyricist because he he can say a lot without saying much at all Mm. there's a real economy with the words this world place whereas fish would and it's not a criticism of fish it's just different style fish would would kind of batter the listener with words certainly in the first two marillion albums whereas h holds back Mm. um, and
1: yet manages to reach the core yeah of what he means so perfectly. So I
0: think it's that I think I think it's and sort of saying everyone's like this, we're all you know, we've all got the same shit going on inside us and we're all yeah. alone to some degree and our actions can isolate us from others. Yeah. The space around the stars is yeah. something that you know.
1: Yeah, it's not an astronaut. No,
0: <laughs> I don't <laughs> think it's quite as literal as that.
1: No, but I love that. Th- those lines, everything about you so perfectly restrained, everything inside you bites you. That really stood out to me. Yeah.
0: I love I love the way the music kicks back in after that as well. Bites you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Might do an acapella of cover. Of it and release it a Well,
1: a cappella including the instruments yeah. where you sing the well, that, instruments. That's what a
0: cappella is. No, that, isn't a
1: cappella singing without music?
0: Yeah, but it's the, not that what, you
1: actually sing like the sound of a violin.
0: Have you never heard Only You by the Flying Pickets?
1: They actually sing the ba-ba, instruments.
0: Ba 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 ba. Yes, that's what a cappella is.
1: I always thought a cappella was singing without music. Yeah, but
0: often they have to <laughs> this is a whole different debate. This is not what the podcast is about Maybe it's both Yeah. So um, that's the space Before we kind of sum up the album We just want to touch on the B-sides Yes Bell in the Sea And uh, the release Mm -hmm. Bell in the Sea is I think that was the B-side of Uninvited Guest Apologies if I got this all mixed up I think the release was the B-side of Easter Bell in the Sea is our first death and water song Of the H-era get braced for many more because it's right? cool
1: with me i love death and water
0: they're two of your favorite things aren't they
1: they are <laughs>
0: um bell in the sea do you want to say anything about that other than i know you don't like it
1: i tried to like it i really tried i even tried to re-listen to it this morning and got three quarters of the way through and then just went there's no point and I get the idea and went on to the next one. It's okay. It's not, it's not bad. For me. I just, it doesn't, I don't know. I just.
0: (sighs) Yeah, you're struggling. It's fine. I don't think it's top, top tier Meridian. However, I think it's better than Holloway Girl and it should have been on the album.
1: Uh, I beg to differ. I'd rather have Holloway Girl. Fine.
0: We're allowed to have different opinions, even if yours are wrong. (laughs) I think you'll
1: find yours are wrong.
0: It feels a bit. As a song, it feels a little bit unfinished. Weirdly,
1: maybe that's what it is. I don't know. It just mm. didn't engage me.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It. I mean, I like how it builds, but it feels a bit, a bit first drafty, uh, uh, but with slightly better production.
1: Maybe second draft then.
0: Second draft. But the, apparently, it's about. I'll just tell you. This is from Fraser Marshall's Merely uh, an Explanation Song Elements website. Fraser, the third member of the, third the member of pod.
1: Pod. and pod Yeah, and Sorry, I wanted to say, because earlier, or yesterday, when we said Fraser's the third member, I think Carlos Nightman should be the fourth member because he's, okay. the he's doing the journey with us. <laughs> when we've
0: got through all the albums, we're going to have, like, 50 that's, members. Of, that's
1: fine. Okay. We can have 50 members of the podcast.
0: The Bell in the Sea. So this is a quote from H, taken from Fraser's website. Legend has it that many years ago, a ship was transporting a huge church bell from the foundry where it was struck. To the Abbey at Whitby. In a bad in bad weather the ship was wrecked and the bell tore itself free to lie on the seabed. On stormy nights the bell rolls on the seafloor and tolls under the water to mourn the passing of sailors. In Whitby there are those who say they have heard her ghostly moaning. Ooh. So I don't think there's any deeper meaning beyond that. I think It's a story. It's a story. So I I don't, I
1: figured it was something like that.
0: Yeah, that's it. Okay. Okay. The release. The release. Hashtag All release right. the release.
1: As in, put it on the album. Or well, put it, I, as a, it should
0: have been on the album, and it should have been a single.
1: Absolutely, it's I know. A, it's a
0: brilliant pop song.
1: I know, right? Oh, it is a pop song. I, I was thinking about it. Well, I don't. No, I was my, trying to figure it I'm out not, this morning, I'm not I'm like, the is this considered pop or rock? But it's pop rock. Because in my song. head, it Doesn't was really matter. Yeah, it was very poppy. I love it. This was the first Season's end song that mm. I listened to back when we were doing the demos after clutching at straws. Ah, yes, and. It struck me then how alive the music felt and there was a huge sense of relief in the music. And and now after we've spoken and you said the quote from Rothers where he, he said after Fish left, a weight had lifted... It was like, oh, I can really hear it. In you say the that piece. though.
0: Do you not remember those demos? This was one of those fish demos.
1: But the sound is completely. It, it, yes, it's the same music, mm. but you can hear it, the same music with the it yeah, yeah. And a weight oh, lifted and, sound a, and a life injected into it. Just, a, it's just a,
0: so it's just brilliant.
1: Yeah, it's great. I and love it. I don't even care what it's about. I just, I just enjoy it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I have always loved it, and when they. Because they they've started to play it in recent years live, and it's like yes, <laughs> you know, it's, it's...
1: yes, you do that, you play that.
0: I think I think it was one of the Meridian weekends. I think there was a I can't remember. Whether it was a poll or something, but I, I I can't remember. I remember commenting on Facebook page or might have been in the the Meridian forums saying they should play the release. And then a load of other people chimed in and went, yes, play the release. The release is great. And it's the first time I'd heard anyone else going kind to of go, the release is great. Really? And they played it at that Meridian weekend. And I thought, hmm, well, <laughs> I must have been responsible for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Long may it stay in the set list because yeah. it's a short song, but it's got tons of energy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's lovely and upbeat.
1: It's uplifting. Yeah. It's engaging. It's just fun.
0: Great song. And, and short from H's Corona Diaries, they had a discussion about it recently. And did they? That's where the release the release campaign <laughs> originated.
1: Oh, really? Oh, they've it, got to release the release. They well, well, that's did uh, the release. Yeah, oh my cheek. God, this is the biggest tongue twister begin ever. Begin the begin. <laughs> release the release campaign. Yeah, we're, we're fully behind it. Yeah.
0: I mean, they might have to update some of the production because it is quite 80s, but... I would, I would totally love to hear them do a new version of the release. Yeah,
1: yeah. me too.
0: That you know, anyway. Such a
1: great song. See, I would definitely have swapped Uninvited Guest for the release
0: without a shadow of a doubt, or at least Holloway Girl.
1: You really hate Holloway Girl? Get off Holloway Girl's back, dude. She's all right.
0: One day, freedom will unlock your door, Sonia, and then you'll understand. And then I'll be
1: singing Holloway Girl from ah. Dawn Till Dusk.
0: So I think it's um, it's a very H lyric, again, this one.
2: Mm.
0: Um, he says, there is a man in my head. I think he came from the screen on the Bible. All he wants is for me to be strong, but I seem to be unreliable. And that is a running theme throughout H lyrics as we go forward. This, this, oh yes, what well, you mentioned yeah. earlier. Earlier, thanks, Cat. About yeah, this unable to live up to a certain ideal, to his or own feeling. ideal. Yeah, feeling he's, he's letting himself. For himself. Um.
1: God, I can relate to that.
0: And this, but I, lo- I this is the thing for such a little pop song. It's got some lyrics in there that I love. You know, it gets so hard when everything you are is everything you don't want to be. I mean,
1: oh. ouch!
0: Again, back to Neverland with, uh, you know want to be uh, someone who someone would want to be. He's so
1: hard on himself. He
0: is. Lighten up,
1: H. It's okay. We all love you.
0: Yeah. You're all right. We all think, we all mess up.
1: <laughs> but then at the same time, we all relate to those. Well, maybe we don't all relate to those lyrics, but I certainly do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I've absolutely, we've had, I've had points in my life where I can relate to that. And as I say, going forwards, I can relate to way more h year stuff than I can. Even assassins <laughs> like that, you know, because it's so obtuse. Uh. So, uh, we kind of wanted to do a summing up, but we've got some comments yes. from listeners so we're going to do listeners letters
1: okay
0: should we do a jingle
1: listeners letters Listeners', listeners letters, letters letters from the coming listeners coming at you giving you their opinions
0: so we wanted uh, i asked on twitter at ampod and facebook at uh what people's first impressions of h were and this wasn't um some clickbaity attempt to trying to get audience interaction i genuinely wanted to know because i had such a complex reaction to to h joining the band and when we'll, we'll sum up in a minute but because there's still a bit more i've got to say about that uh but um but i just wanted to know how other people felt and i know some people of course just tucked in the band all together and uh, some people from our comments chucked into the band walked together and then seemed to slightly regret it and rediscover them later on, such as Mr. Mark Paling. Yes. Who emailed us from jury service <laughs> <laughs> where he was bored, apparently. Um, I'm not going to read it all out because it's foul-mouthed. <laughs> but suffice to say, he wasn't a fan and apparently binned the album. <laughs> when he heard it,
1: I'd like uh, I like how he supported them. He bought he bought the album and everything. And it was just like not bin.
0: Yeah, this isn't fish, but uh, I know for a fact that Mr. Mark Paling, Dura, is uh, a big eight era fan. So it worked out all right in the end yes. for him.
1: He plucked it out of the bin. Yeah.
0: So over on, years later. over on Twitter, George Stevens said I was 17 and still getting over splitting up with first proper girlfriend. So lyrically, it spoke to me, still reminds me of her. Musically, it felt a bit incommunicado part two. This is talking Wait, about, talking about hooks, hooks in you. you. Yes. Uh, incommunicado part two. Not a bad thing, but not new. Of course, the elephant in the room is the far superior B-side. Yes, George, get in. Uh, and a bit more about Hooks In You, he says, At the time, it felt very pop-orientated. For me, the weakest track on an otherwise wonderful album. Bell in the Sea should have replaced it. Uh, not Hooks In You. We've agreed. I think we've agreed that oh, Hooks In yeah,
1: You... Oh, yeah, no, no. I love Hooks on, In You on the album. Yeah,
0: at the time, I can understand perhaps how some of us felt like that. But now, looking back, no. Wait, so, Hooks. Paul. Yeah.
1: What do you prefer? Hooks In You or Bell in the Sea?
0: But uh, Hooks In You.
1: Oh, controversial. Well, it's well not, so do I,
0: It's again, this is all with going back to it now. Yeah. Does Stephen Wick said, I remember listening to Hooks in You and wondering what on earth had happened to my favourite band can relate. The B side after me was an improvement. Yes, Stephen. But a less than brilliant experience seeing them on the Seasoned End tour, followed by the debacle that is holidays in Eden saw me take my leave of the band for ten years.
1: Okay, wait a second. What happened on the tour?
0: <laughs> well, here's the thing. I mean, this is what I was going to talk about at the end. Oh, I didn't okay. see them, on, them. It I didn't the see end, them on the season's end tour. For some mm. reason, it was the first Meridian tour that I didn't buy tickets for. For uh, some
1: reason. It's not, it's not a mystery what the reason well,
0: is. Well, it is. It actually is because I like the album uh, and I still consider myself a Meridian fan. I, I really liked the album at the time and I listened to it a lot. But it shows you that at least in a, the live arena, Fish was where it was at for me. Even though really I hadn't seen, you know, I hadn't really got anything to compare Fish and H2. I hadn't seen H live. Mm. Yeah, other than on top of the pops.
1: Do you think you, on some level, maybe you were worried about being disappointed because nah, going too deep you were going it. to see Meridian, but then Fish wasn't I there? I wanted to see
0: Fish singing Fish songs, not some other guy.
1: So was it about having someone else sing Fish songs? I think so. Ah, yeah. oh, okay. It
0: Got was. It. I wanted that Fish delivery of things like Incommunicado and Fugazi and Forgotten right. Sons and yeah. The Light, and as we know, Fish has a very distinct stage presence. He prowls the stage. Yes. Whereas
1: H, he does. Does We he? know
0: from what I saw on Top of the Pops, you know, shimmies around like a, I don't know, spider monkey. If she was like a spider monkey in those days. He used to climb up the, the rigging and the the speakers.
2: What? Yeah. No
0: way. Yeah. He used to clamber all over the place. Wow. Cheeky little man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not COVID. I accidentally inhaled some saliva when I was about to speak.
0: Oh, the listeners want to hear that. <clears throat> did you inhale a saliva tear?
1: I did. So, uh,
0: yes, I didn't see them on that tour. And I didn't see them until... And and this brings us to another comment. So, John Hampstead, Mr. John John, Jonathan Hampstead, uh, commented, You'll better remember my reaction. Why is that, John? That's a bit presumptuous. Uh, But as a fan of their popular end, Hooks In You and some of their other seasons end tracks will have landed well with me. Didn't see them live with H until mid-1990. Hmm... Interesting. Well, no, it's interesting because I couldn't remember when I saw them. It was then. Oh, nineteen nineteen With John. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> it was my mate, John. Not all these comments, by the way, are from friends of ours. <laughs> Although you are all friends as part of the b Pop family. pod um, family. So John says, I do recall repeatedly saying I wouldn't go and see them live again, which he did say that. And he said, which was unfair and a threat I didn't follow up because yes, he did go and see them live.
1: Oh, but so what happened?
0: We saw them at Wembley Arena. Mm. Um, and it was a bit sad because they... uh, Previously, the previous time I'd seen them at Wembley Arena, they'd, they'd sold out like three nights or something on the trot. Mm-hmm. This time, they put a massive curtain halfway down the hall because they had to hide the fact that they hadn't sold out half the seats. Oh. So that sapped a bit of atmosphere from the show. And then on top of that, it just lacked something. And this is no it's not a criticism of the band or h but it was that thing that i was talking about before how he seemed tentative live and he hadn't grown into being the marillion frontman mm. it didn't feel like marillion particularly and whether that uh was sort of Shared by other people in the audience, I don't know. But you're only, a lot of the time a show is, it feeds off the energy of the audience. And if the audience yes. aren't into it, yeah. the band can't be into it. And it becomes... It but should, then
1: it becomes a back and forth. Yeah,
0: it needs to be, it needs... The, the audience and band feed off one another, I think, mm. for a, a, a show to be really memorable. And it was just disappointing. And consequently, you know, I mean, H had to... I didn't envy him the the task he had to do, which was to win over audiences night after night after night who knew the band as having a different lead singer. Singing that man's songs, uh, he must have been terrified it must have eaten away at him to some degree. However, and I don't know if that held him back because as we know, H is an amazing front man now. He's Mm -hmm. great. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He he really is, uh, and he. But he's he's got a confidence about him now to to kind of be vulnerable and and pour his emotions into into the the songs and the music. It was back then, I don't know something was missing. So I I was disappointed after the first time I saw them live.
1: So saying that, do you think that it might have been? He might have been more comfortable if they'd changed the name of the band.
0: Well, this was this was something that H said in the sometime in the nineties that he said they should have changed their name. I don't think they should have because can you imagine they'd have lost all their fans? Yeah, or had ninety percent of them. I don't think that that would have been the wrong call because they still had a as, as the other members have said. You know, they were responsible for the music. So, mm, and they had that, that. catalogue of music. Why shouldn't they play it? Mm. I don't think they should have changed the name at all. But
1: it's without, just It's such a hard thing to come into an already existing group and try and win over fans of that old group. Like, but, I don't envy anyone that task.
0: But not changing the name, I think, held H back.
1: Uh, mm.
0: And it, it prevented him from claiming the band yeah, and kind of claiming ownership and going, I have every right to be here. Yeah. And uh, that's completely understandable. And I may be wrong, but and um, this is me looking back with hindsight. But certainly at the first few times I saw them live with H, something was lacking. Uh, and it's strange because now we know how good he is on stage and how good they are as a unit. But really, in what, 1990, they had only really been together a year. so And yet, they, you know, together a year out of those five people. And yet they were playing Wembley Arena or meant to be playing Wembley Arena. They were playing half of Wembley Arena, which was a bit sad. Mm. So that, I think, you know, add that to the list of things that probably counted against them in those early days. Even though they were playing, you know, Script for Just a Tear and Walmart Circles and those old tracks. It, I don't know, something was missing. Something was missing. The, the way, the, the confidence that Fish had to kind of grab the audience. I, as a massive Marillion fan, I didn't go to those shows, those early shows with H with any degree of prejudice, really. I wanted Marillion to work. I'd loved Seasons End. I wanted that band to carry on with a new lead singer. Same as I wanted Fish to kind of carry on and thrive. So I was there rooting for them, but it just didn't, didn't work for me then. It does now, by God. By mm. the time they were doing Brave live, I was, I was there again. I was that big fan. Even on the Holidays in Eden tour. In fact, before the Holidays in Eden tour, because I remember going to see them again, and they played, uh, again, probably, I think, with John, another show where we, where we went. I'm not seeing them again.
1: Oh,
2: no. Um,
0: but I, I remember, I think this. I did see them again. I think it might have been, was it the Forum, or as the Town and Country Club, as it's called? Was it this story? I can't remember. But I saw them again because they played some tracks from Holidays in Eden before Holidays in Eden was out. So I saw them before that. And I loved the sound of the new tracks. It was No One Can and The Party. And I went, ooh, they sound promising. So I was excited for see Holidays in Eden. And I think I... I I saw them on that tour, and I think things had progressed in terms of them owning
1: right.
2: this new
0: era. Yeah. So anyway, Alan Begg. That's not an instruction. He's That's his name. I'm not telling him to beg. I had not seen Marillion. Why are you giving me that look?
1: No, I'm not.
0: Alan Begg says, I hadn't seen Marillion live with Fish, although I was a big fan. I saw Fish at Edinburgh Queen's Hall on the 23rd of the 10th, 1989 which was immense. I then saw Merillian with H on the 4th of the 12th, 89. How does he remember these dates? I was very familiar with Seasoned End by then and I loved it. The Berlin Wall had just come down and we rejoiced. And he's done a little emoji there, but I can't say what it is. It's too small. Looks like it might be a rabbit. (laughs) Actually, it might be a V sign. Oh, aside. V sign! Um, with that gig on the fourth of December eighty nine, being at the Glasgow Barrowlands, I can imagine all the guys in Meridian H in particular being very nervous about their first gig in Scotland without the biggie in.
1: Oh my God! Yeah, can you imagine? Yeah, don't envy him that either.
0: Oh, he was Scottish on his grandfather's side. Oh, true.
1: Right?
0: Uh, so, Matthias Van Hagen, apologies if I've said that name wrong. Do you want to read some of these out?
1: I could do.
0: Okay, you can go to the Facebook page.
1: I'm on there, So, yeah.
0: Matthias says, I wasn't overwhelmed by H, but Season's End was a great LP musically. The change benefited the band. Fisher became a caricature, almost a parody of himself. Wow. Um, Hooks In You, though, was their least appealing song to date. Totally unadventurous. Fortunately, the other eight tracks made up for it. Okay, not a not a Hooks fan.
1: So, on Facebook, we've got a comment from Numa Mimo, who said... I was glad there was a new Marillion CD, right logo, what could go wrong? I hadn't followed the mags, and what a disappointment. Fish was replaced, I was gutted, and H doesn't do it for me by a long stretch. He's okay, but it just isn't my taste. Like buying a Mercedes and discovering there's actually a Renault motor in it. Renault. Renault. Obviously, I don't know anything about cars. But it's just my taste. I didn't listen to Marillion with H for ages, and I think I tossed the Season's End CD.
2: Oh.
1: After the last Biampod, I decided to give it a go again, and I must admit, I was actually blown away by the sound and how the oh. musical skills grew even further. And I've got some bloody earworms now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about ah, it. Ah,
2: ah, ah, ah,
1: ah, ah. Yeah. What I still don't like is the fade outs on the ends, and I sincerely miss the rough edges and rock that Fish brought in.
0: Well, that's interesting because I mentioned the fade outs, didn't I?
1: Yeah. How
0: that I was never sort of, noticed them. It really stood out to me listening to it this time. I kind of in the past hadn't ever really gone. Oh, the songs fade out. They'd not really done that before, but this time I really noticed because listening to the albums in sort of succession as we're doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just I don't know. I don't know why that doesn't ever stand out because in um. Fish era albums, I really noticed when the songs flowed into each other.
0: Yeah, but that but was. But
1: didn't notice the fade outs in Season's End.
0: But then you think of Fugazi and what do you call Assassin to oh, Accuse yeah. Assassins Anyway? My friend. Doo doo. Yeah. Uh, I got the drums and the My Friend mixed up. Damn. Anyway. Do it again. And what do you call Assassin to Accuse Assassins Anyway? Doo doo. My friend. Is my
1: friend. Oh, no. <laughs> he's off again
0: yeah so it was just unusual you mm. know rather than end a song Meridian have always joked that they don't know how to write song endings anyway
1: so <laughs> don't know it's how to and say and goodbye just to a song yeah I love it when they flow into each other yeah but saying that the fade outs weren't jarring at all no 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 I don't mind them really Okay, then we've got Graham Younger, who says, Hooks In You was unremarkable, a straightforward, upbeat rock song. It was just okay, just not very Meridian. After Me gave me some hope, much more Meridian, bit more storytelling, and the exquisite, yes, see, Rothery guitar work. All right, you've got your own
0: catchphrase.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Season's End was better than I could have expected, was at the first live show in Scotland backstage with the band, Webcom Winners. Ooh, get a load of him. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mr. H told us he was absolutely shitting himself about going on stage in front of a Scots crowd. Fisher's crowd, he said. Oh. He told us he told us that and his body language and consumption of half a bottle of JD while chatting to us and sound checking confirmed it. Jesus H. Oh, Whoa, oh. hang on, half a bottle. Half a... bot. Whoa. Okay. They played a fantastic show, and at the encores, H discovers, as well as getting pelted with buns, the audience accepted him when they started a football chant of his name. You can imagine after the gig, he was on top of the world. And Carl Davies replied to that saying, what a baptism of fire he would have been buzzing all year. Are you not curious about the buns thing? Yeah, I am, because... (laughs) I have been at um, gigs where they start chanting "gizabun," yeah, or something like that. I don't know what it means. Okay. I think you have explained it to me, but I, I, I can't remember. How does an
0: elephant ask for a bun? I don't know. Gizabun.
1: <laughs> What's that got to do with music?
0: Fish told the joke at uh, a gig once, and it uh, early pre-script, and it became a charm. That audience would start, they said they would bring buns.
2: (gasps) What?
0: So, gizabun. That is. Gizabun, 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 (laughs) gizabun.
1: And they'd actually throw buns. Sometimes, yeah. Wow, brilliant. Yeah. (laughs) Hope H isn't and fish aren't gluten intolerant.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Gluten free buns only. Sign up. On the door Yeah uh The band have even Played along with it At points, And like Added music to the charts
1: Oh brilliant Yeah so That's cool Okay Do you want to read Some no, more? No I'm enjoying Hearing your voice dear Paul Wheldon says I remember seeing them Perform Hooks in You On Top of the Pops And quite liking it So I bought the Seven inch single But in reality I was still so disappointed That Fish had gone that I found it hard to accept that Steve was now the singer of Marillion. My mind goes back to hearing Tommy Vance's Friday rock show first breaking the news to me about the split. I was totally shocked. I didn't buy season's end until years later. Wow. Yeah.
0: See, it's, it's, it's really interesting getting this perspective from other yeah. people of why the audience you know, hadn't been there. For instance, at that 1990 show at, at Wembley Arena.
1: Yeah, Yes. And what stands out to me is how many people came back after Mm. several years or a decade later or whatever. Yeah. Um, James McCormick says, I like it, but then I like 4-4 Cheese Rock. Sounds like a cross between Def Leppard and Eddie Money.
0: (laughs) Okay. Thank you,
1: James. Robert Morgan Williams says, I like Seasons End quite a lot, but was a bit apprehensive of Steve H, as I had Fisher's lyrics tattooed on the inside of my head for quite a few years leading up to this. That must have been painful. (laughs) (laughs) But generally I thought he did an okay job. Wasn't a fan of that air keyboard thing, mind you, when I saw him. I also loved Fisher's Vigil, mind you. As you said in your podcast, they have quite a similar feel about them and could have been the same album musically. On those tours I enjoyed both to be honest. At the time I thought, as you once said, this is great. I've got two for the price of one. I stuck it out through holidays in Eden, but unfortunately unfortunately lost interest with Brave. It was only fish for me after that. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. So I wonder if Robert has only stuck with fish since then. Yeah. Well, Brave, and an not ever gone back to Marillion.
0: But Brave's an interesting one too.
1: I thought everyone loved Brave.
0: It's well, okay, I'm I'm trying not to give spoilers, but it's a it's a concept album in the traditional sense. Very traditional sense. So yeah, I just assumed oh,
1: Fans loved
0: it, but
1: But not so. Not everyone.
0: And it's a shame if you dropped out at Brave because then you miss out on a photo of Sunlight. Which I'll say no more about right ah. now. Mm, oh, and cheesy. everything else. Uh, so Seasons End, an assured debut with H. I think that uh, for me, it was enough to keep me interested, even if at least the first live show or two that I saw with H worried me. Mm. That I, I, I can remember saying to a friend at the time, I prefer Seasons End to Vigil. But live, I prefer Fish. Oh, I remember saying that. But that, they got better with H, and it didn't take long. And it's no wonder, given what we've sort of said, that that first two, at least, there might have been a few nerves and a lack of confidence. So it's a good album. It's a really good album, Season's End. It might not be an all-time Merillion classic, but it's a really solid album.
1: I think it's a strong start.
0: And here, I'm going to... Are you ready for my controversial comment?
1: Oh, okay. Let me just put my seatbelt on.
0: Doing this in order, as we have, I enjoyed it more than Clutching at Straws.
1: Clutching at Straws, your previously all-time favourite Merillion album.
0: Yep. A shock, isn't it?
1: That's a huge shock.
0: Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it more than Clutching at Straws.
1: <laughs> wow. Why is that?
0: I just think it's... it. it I really appreciate the upbeat, uh, hopeful energy of it. The The melodic energy. I love his voice on it. And I'm talking here, not just the album. I'm talking the release as well I'm throwing in there. The music that came out of that period for me. Was uh, it's just lovely. You know, there's loads of lovely stuff. Easter, King of Sunset Town, the release. There's a real confidence about the music and what the band were doing that I don't know.
1: It does feel confident. You're right. So hang on. Back in the day, you didn't prefer it to clutching at straws?
0: No. No, not then. I liked it. I Mm. absolutely liked it. As I said, I preferred it to Fish's Vigil in the Wilderness of Mirrors. But I, uh, yeah, I didn't really, I don't know. I don't think I even ranked the albums back then. I don't remember doing that. But now I think it might have, at least in the order that we're going. Mm. And I'm I'm sure there's going to be Marillion fans who string me up for this. I mean, nothing, it doesn't touch Misplaced Childhood at this stage. (laughs) But I just like the confidence of it, of them that newfound energy that you talked about, of them feeling here we go. This is, you know, Yeah. It's, it's a great start out the gates.
1: Yeah, I think it is. It, it it it's like musically at least, it feels like clutching at straws for me, so I'm not saying this is for anyone else, musically it had it it had faded a little bit.
2: Mm.
1: And And then listening to season's end straight afterwards, it's like it had had a cup of coffee or something and had just woken up. That's what it is. There's a real energy
0: to it, isn't there? It was lacking on clutching at straws. Yeah. Which,
1: okay, it could be the subject matter on clutching at
0: straws. Yeah. It's a heaviness that there's a, whereas there's a lightness to season's Mm. end. Yeah. It's bouncy and buoyant and lots of, Tinkly, tinkly tinkly keyboardy bits that, yeah
1: that i love it work. i think it's great
0: so well done marillion and steve hogarth for making a better album than clutching at straws ducks to avoid the barrage of buns um so next time i think well sanya what do you want to do we next time
1: we haven't discussed this i have no idea what do you want to do Do you uh, you feel it's right that we should do Vigil in the Wilderness? I can't even say it now. Vigil in the Wilderness of Mirrors?
0: We'll discuss it at the top of the next episode before doing Holidays in Eden. I mean,
1: I'm really excited about Holidays in Eden. You
0: are, aren't you? Because you like pop.
1: Because you told me what some of the songs on there are. And I like them all, all the ones that you've mentioned. You know them already. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I don't really know them that well. But, but we're
0: entering into territory now where you know some where of songs.
1: Where I might be familiar with some songs, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, thank you all for listening to this. It's been quite a long one. It's been a long old session for us because we we recorded two yesterday and now we're doing another one today. It's probably going to be as long as an episode oh in itself.
1: We talk a lot.
0: God, don't we just. So go subscribe to us at BN Pod on Twitter. Find us on Facebook at BN Pod. Send us an email, at uk. Should we ask them for something for the next episode if they want to?
1: Tell us what they thought of first impressions of holidays Vigil... in Eden. No, Vigil in the Wilderness of Mirrors. Oh, yeah,
0: that's a good idea. Tell us what you thought of Fish's Vigil in the Wilderness of Mirrors if you listen to it ever. That would be good. If you've got anything to say about holidays in Eden, you can let us know that as well.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So, mm. I think I've wrapped up, haven't I?
1: I think
0: you have. Yeah. Hey, if you want to buy the uh, the theme music for this podcast and support the podcast while getting some free music, not free music, but some music. At the it's same very time. affordable, though. Yeah, affordable. £2 for the EP. Memento EP on Bandcamp, MrBiffo.bandcamp.com. There you go. I'm not saying it's very good. I'm not a musician, but it's all right. It's I broad. like it. It's proggy. Yeah, well, you have to say that.
1: And my daughter likes it. 18 year old daughter. Okay.
0: Yeah. Bye, everyone.
2: Bye.